against Green Bay. Right. Get like your they, fucking boy here. The Titans at two, Brett. I have the Titans. I'm sorry. I feel you know I, what? This are just are they not seven and it's three? Fine. Just it's like fine. the Bills and Dolphins. Do they it's not fine. have the same record as them? Dude, their football is not sustainable. You I don't care. I am evaluating them up to this point, and I feel like the Bills have not lived up to that standard to this point. Welcome into another episode of the Pinewood Perspective. We got a little bit of a turkey episode for you guys. We're going to be giving thanks to the great game of football as we talk about, you know, Zach Wilson getting benched. Thankful for that. Vikings getting demolished. Thankful for that. And a potential uh, Sean Payton return. We're also thankful for that. Got T. Gorski and B-Money as usual, boys. How was your guys' weekend? It was pretty it was good. good, man. I just just working, you know, working and paying attention as much as I can. I'm in some pretty good spirits, even though my team uh, had a very, very lousy performance. Uh, I'm doing much better than, you know, probably most Vikings fans are right now. Um, you know, I figured it'd be a loss. You know, I didn't think it was going to be that bad of a loss. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I told this Brett the other day, you know, we're still eight and two, number two seed in the NFC. I still can't be too upset. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this will be good. This is what the Vikings need. So we'll just wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this weekend is going to be a tell-all. Let's just go ahead and hop right fucking into it. Cowboys yeah. demolished the Vikings 40-3. to Nuts across the forehead in fucking Minneapolis, everything. It was brutal, 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 brutal. Is this the year Dallas finally gets over the hump? We'll start there. Thomas, thoughts on the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I the Cowboys are a very physical team, you know, and, and that's a big reason why they beat the Vikings. I thought the Vikings were very soft on Sunday. Um, it was just – it was brutal. Um, but, you know, that Cowboys team looks really legit. You know, that defense, you know, and it's just – it wasn't just Micah Parsons. I mean, it was Dorrance Armstrong. You know, it was a bunch of guys that, you know – I'm telling you, dude. I've been telling you that defense – That is defense real. is legit. And, you know, maybe not that – I don't think their secondary is, but, like, I think – I like, that defensive front is so physical and legit. Like, Dan Quinn ha- did such a fantastic job. Kirk Cousins was blitzed and faced pressure – no, maybe not blitzed, but he faced a pressure rate of 63% against that defense. In case anyone doesn't know how big of a deal that is, we all saw the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and Bucks, right? And how like Mahomes looked. That was only thirty-seven percent that game. So you can nearly almost double that, and that's what Kirk Cousins faced on Sunday. Just absolute domination in uh, the offense. I thought the offense finally clicked for Dallas. Um, Tony Pollard, Zeke, great, probably the best one-two punch in the league right now. Um, they look phenomenal. Um, you know, that Vikings defense does have questions, of course. You know, they had no Cam Dantzler. Um, they really picked on Andrew Booth, which is what good teams do. Um, but, you know, all credit goes to Dallas. You know, like, they that was the most complete game that I've probably witnessed the team have against the Vikings because, obviously, I haven't seen every single game for, like, all 32 teams. But, like, from what I've just seen of a team, whether it's the Vikings or who they played, like, you know, like, that was the most complete team, like, game. Special teams, offense, defense, coaching, game management. I mean, everything was flawless for Dallas. 
So, I mean, all credit to them. You know, I think Dallas looked really, really well. And if they sign Odell Beckham, um, you know, and they potentially bring someone like that in to go along with C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, they could come out of the NFC because it's just so wide open right now. Oh, 100%. B-Money, what's your thoughts on the Cowboys? Um, It's obviously a huge win, definitely. Um, Has another team been beaten by 37 or more points this year? Not that I can recall. I don't know. But anyways, like, yeah, I mean, that's a big win. And I don't think it necessarily means they can get over the hump, though. Um, You know, the Cowboys had just lost to Green Bay the week before. And, you know, Green Bay doesn't look like a playoff team right now. So I think it's good that, you know, they they got this commanding win against a team like the Vikings, you know, number two in the NFC. Um, if I'm, you know, the Vikings, we know they're going to make the playoffs. The Cowboys, um, we know they're going to make the playoffs. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm feeling real comfortable playing the Vikings, uh, at, you know. And I know if I'm the Vikings – being matched up against the Cowboys is it's going to be tough, you know, just knowing you've been beat by beat already 40 to three. Um, so I don't think it means that they can get over the hump, but it's definitely uh, kind of knocks out one of the potential threats in the playoffs that they could be seen. I understand. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. 100%. Um, my take on Dallas is, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a shocker year for me. I thought, I mean, I literally wrote, I think, a fucking article about how Mike McCarthy's ass is cooked because Dak was going to be out for, uh, I don't know, five or six weeks and that this is the nail in the coffin. Mike McCarthy was going to be done by the end of the year. Dallas is sunk. And here they are smashing the Vikings who just beat the Bills 43 in Minneapolis. I was uh, stunned by that score, stunned by the performance. And But, I mean, as the seasons went on, I've believed in the Cowboys more and more as it's gone on. I mean, I thought that, you know, their game against the Eagles with Cooper Rush, it, in the first half it was bad. But what they hold, what they hold Philly to in the second half, just six points? Like, they fought yeah. back really hard. Uh, and that was with Cooper Rush, their backup, and now – Things are finally clicking in the run game, and Dak's getting back to form. If they add Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver room only gets scarier. I mean, this this Cowboys team is looking like a team that can finally get over the hump, and Dan Quinn plays a huge part in that, and getting this defense to be the best in the league, if or one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. But I just don't know if they're the best in the NFC. It's I I the Eagles. They're in that midseason slump right now, and it's hard to say that they're the best team in the NFC because they lost to the Commanders, and then they squeak out a win against the Colts. Um, but I feel like that's just how all these good teams kind of go. They always have that, you know, midseason slump where they're struggling against these lesser opponents. You know, you start 8-0, and you start taking things a little lighter. So hopefully this is a wake-up, you know, for Eagles fans. Hopefully it's just a wake-up call for them. Uh, but I won't be surprised if this is the year that Dallas can get over the hump and finally get back to the Super Bowl. But I still think that there's better teams in the NFC. I think the 49ers are on the rise. We've been talking well against them. the Vikings. And um, 
What'd you say? We look. We lost you there for a while. I'm. I was saying that it's all about who you match up with. You know how 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 good how you match up with across like every team, and if you can match up well against every team. And the Cowboys definitely match up well against the Vikings. But I like to see them go again. What's that? I said, I'd like to see them go again. Like, if they met in the playoffs, I don't know if it would be the same result. Like, this just seemed like a Vikings team that was very distracted, coming off a very emotional win. Um, So, like, that's why it's like I do believe in Dallas as, like, I believe they're legit. But, like, I still wouldn't be shocked if, say, Dallas was, like, a first-round exit like they were a year ago when they got when they lost to, like, the Niners. You know, like, where it is still a little hard to believe in the Cowboys because it just hasn't been there over the recent years, where, which is why I like how wide open the NFC is. Like, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Eagles, or the Niners, even the Bucks. I wouldn't even be shocked if any one of those teams, you know, made a deep playoff run or came out of the NFC because it's just so, like, all these teams are so close in my eyes right now. I don't know what you guys think, but, like, it, it, it just feels like anyone's game right now. That's what I mean. I agree completely. I think that the... Vikings, 49ers, Bucks, uh, Cowboys can all beat Philly. I think all four of those teams can beat each other. Like, I think any of those five teams can go in there and win any given Sunday. And I think it's going to come down to those five teams. I don't think the rest of them are really true contenders based on either youth or inexperience. That goes for Seattle and New York, who are poised to probably finish with the other two playoff spots out of those five. Um I know the Falcons are on the rise. They're five and six. Washington, six and five. But then again, I mean, I think that after those five, it's a heavy drop off on who I think is, you know, going to be competitive come postseason time. But let's go into the Jets. Jets officially today had a meeting, benched second overall pick from 2021. Zach Wilson turning to Mike White as the starting QB. Did Robert Sala make the right move? Brett, we'll start with you. Um, you know, right now I'm going to say yes. Um, I think that especially after, you know, everything that went down in the media and how pretty obvious it is that he's lost a lot of respect in the locker room, it, it comes more, it's more than skill. You know, you need to, you need to be respected by your teammates at that position and he's not right now and like like Sala said he thinks that Wilson needs a reset so this is giving him that you know if if his time's going to come and you know if Mike White stays hot then if Mike Mike White gets hot then I'm sure they'll roll with him and if not you know they have Joe Flacco who they're pretty confident in but also have limitations with as well. So, um, I mean, hindsight could say, but could say different, but I think it's definitely the right move right now. Thomas. Yeah. I mean, this is the absolutely the wrong move by Robert Saleh. Um, this is, this is just so bad. I mean, you could never go back to Zach Wilson after this. You can't confidence is shot. You've shot it completely. I don't even know if we've ever seen a head coach bench a quarterback who's got a five and two record when he starts for your team. 
Like it's he's already Robert Saleh has already damaged the relationship with Elijah Moore. Now you're damaging the relationship with Zach Wilson. Shocker from a defensive minded coach, I know, who doesn't care about the offense. But I just I don't get it because Mike White's not gonna win you games. You know, Joe Flacco's not gonna win you games. Hell, Zach Wilson might not even win you games. Their defense is going to though. It is. And you know, no one was complaining when they had a run game going with Brees Hall. Have we even heard of James Robinson's name since he even got there? Like it just seems like Zach Wilson's kind of being scapegoated right now for being the sole reason for their lack of offense. But truth is, their offense went downhill once Brees Hall blew out his knee. He was their offense for those for, for the first half of the season. And it just it doesn't make sense to me for as much as you have invested in your number two overall pick. Like to me, you need to live or die with your young quarterback because if you yank him and turn the team against him, the media against him, his confidence is shot. You have another Sam Darnold. So to me, I think Robert Sully messed up big time because now you can't ever go back to him. You you just can't because the relationship is broken. And when you and when a head coach and quarterback's relationship is damaged, it's not easy to come back from, especially if it's not an offensive-minded head coach who can kind of relate. You know, when it's a defensive-minded coach, you know, they don't really care because they just care about, like, wins, their defense. They are the type of coaches who do care as the roster as a whole. When you have an offensive head coach, they – typically have that special relationship with a quarterback. And now Zach Wilson doesn't have that relationship with Robert Sala to really be open with him or anything where his confidence, like he can't come into the Jets facility every day now with his head up high because his confidence is just so shot. So, I mean, I feel like Robert Sala, he really messed up because I don't know if he knows what he's doing. And if Zach... I would be more understanding if Wilson was putting up these, you know, very low tier numbers if you weren't winning, but you're winning, you know, like you, you're five and two. Like, I, I just don't get it. This just seems more of a, like, almost like he was forced to do it because of Wilson's reaction last week to saying no, if he felt like he let the team down. So, well, but I mean, I, I, I get it, but I just feel like this was not the time to do it. Maybe another loss, another two losses where, you know, it's not so sunshine and rainbows then make the call. But, I mean, this dude's his second year in. He had knee surgery in the preseason after getting hurt. And he never really got in. You know, he started, what, like week four, week five, he came back. Where, like, when did he truly get a chance to get comfortable? And it's just like now you're he's in, he's out. You know, you can't put him back in anymore. So, to me, I mean, Robert Saleh, he really messed up. He doesn't necessarily know how to handle certain situations, in my opinion. Like when he said the whole receipts thing, where that went pretty viral. And, you know, just the way he talks, and you know, he tries to deceive the media or, you know, play the media. Like, it doesn't work, dude. Um, you've already damaged the relationship with Elijah Moore, now Zach Wilson. Question is, who's next? You know, who's next? So, we'll, uh, you know, we get your thoughts, but, you know, that's just my two cents on it, that Oh, Zach Wilson is Brett, I, I, I heard I, it, you said something and I knew Brett was going to chime in. So I'm going to let Brett chime in before I get my thoughts. Because yeah, this I seen, is, I seen this Brett's is eyes. huge. And seen, you know what? Like Thomas, I, I totally, I totally see that viewpoint, but I'm going to come from a different angle right here. How do, how, how do we know, you know, where, where's Elijah Moore's frustration coming from? 
His lack of playing time and Robert Saleh benched him. His lack of playing time? I mean, he was yeah. playing. He was playing. He was he out there. The, he started the year. He didn't get the targets necessarily when Zach Wilson was okay. in there. Who throws Hold the on. football? I know, Zach Wilson, but he also didn't get All the right. targets when Flacco well, was okay. in there Okay, I'm not saying that this is true, yeah. but this is what I'm saying here. But what how, if? how about when he requested the trade, though? Robert Listen, Saleh yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore in front of the entire media, refused to trade him, benched him and made him inactive. You know what I'm saying? You know, like I'm not. He, I'm, I don't. Treating, well, if you think that like was totally movement. wrong, then that's where we got to disagree because I don't think that you can just allow players to do this and then just yeah bring them on the playing field. And, oh, yeah, we're going to start this guy this week when he's obviously not locked in. Like, that's – I think it's fair for Robert Sala to do that. And I think the other teammates got to respect that as well. How how can you, like, think that this guy's given it his best this Sunday and has given it the his best this week when he's requesting a trade? So, you know, he Elijah Moore's – 20, he's a young guy, 22 yeah, years but old. In the next few weeks after, he's frustrated. He only but played like 10 snaps. I'm he not knocking Salah for this. He barely played Elijah Moore after that the next few weeks because Salah is one of those head coaches who's a defensive-minded head coach who's very hard-nosed and holds grudges. Well, I'm not – not have I'm that. There's no leadership there. All There's I want to no say is – All I want to say is that I think that Elijah Moore and Salah are fine and – I wouldn't be surprised if Elijah Moore gets going and they actually get to throw in the ball because That's what they play him. it's not necessarily um, – it's yeah, maybe Zach Wolf, Wilson's confidence is shot, but when you have a guy no that has taken – that has, is, has not respected in the locker room and is obviously being outplayed in practice – I mean that's that's what it's gotta that's what's what it's gotta be. I look at it this way: Robert Sala had a choice to make. His team is winning football games, uh, and you lost a very very ugly game against a division rival. Who what is it now? Fourteen straight losses against. And didn't Zach Wilson beat the didn't Zach Wilson when he was quarterback beat the Bills? Does that not count? Hold on. He had two choices. You either lose the locker room or you lose the quarterback. That's what I thought when he made this decision. The locker room is grown with frustration. Zach Wilson goes up on the media and says he feels like he didn't let the team down. And in all hindsight of this, Twitter blows up over that. And then 24 hours later, you get Justin Fields, who said he let the he let the team down by throwing a game-winning interception, and he let the defense down for doing their job when the defense has given up, like, an average of 35 fucking points over the last four games. It's not not a good look at all. This dude scored three points and said he didn't let the team down, and you got a quarterback that you passed on across the league saying he let the team down when he's fucking averaging, like, 30 points a game over the last four weeks. It's not a good look at all. And he had to make a choice, and I don't know if it was the right choice, but he had a choice, he had a choice to either win games uh, and – you know, turn the locker room, you know, get a spark in the locker room. Let's not act like court quarterback changes don't spark up a team. We all know they do. We see it all the time. I've seen it multiple times in Chicago over the last four years. Trust me. I, I see a quarterback change spark a team in a different way. 
And I just think that there's really no coming back for this. Maybe, maybe you get a few weeks off of Zach Wilson. Maybe you repair this somehow, some way. But I think it's very clear to how bad he lost the locker room with his remarks when he's going against the Chicago Bears this weekend. A fucking layup. I mean, it's if you want to get your fucking quarterback. The Bears will probably win now, though. If, no, I thought we had a much better chance against Zach Wilson. Mike, they're going to fucking toss all over us now. They obviously had no confidence in throwing the ball with Zach Wilson. The dude had went seven for 24, like 40% with like 60 yards. Like they had zero confidence in him throwing the ball. And they're probably going to fucking, they're going to probably smash us now. But there was a layup. This was a layup. Like, if you want your quarterback to build confidence, this is the team you want to be playing. A team with probably the worst defense in the league, if not one of the worst defenses in the league. It's a fucking layup for him. And that shows you, in my opinion, how bad he's lost the locker room because they're going to turn away from him. Like like I said, if this is a game, this is you want to get your quarterback back up, build some confidence, this is the game you do it. And I feel like that's just how bad he's lost it. And there's a reason that they turn to him. And then he comes out today and says, why me? I want to play. Like, I don't – like, there's going to be quarterbacks who will take this move in the NFL, and they'll let that – you know, they'll let that sink into them be like, okay – this is going to be a wake-up call. I think it is very clear that Zach Wilson is not the person to accept a wake-up call, especially saying, why me? He did, though. Play? He did, though. After, he, he ended up saying that he understands. He said he was frustrated himself because he knows he hasn't played as well as he should. That's what a lot of, you know, so I know everyone wants to paint Zach Wilson as a scapegoat here, but he, he did take accountability. Finally, took him two Two quotes, two awful quotes to step up. I mean, his fucking agent was probably calling him, saying, shut the fuck up. If, I, if that was my player, I'd be calling him saying, you stupid fuck, what are you doing? Like, as the quarterback, you always take the accountability no matter what. Always take the quotes. Always take the accountability. You are the number one player. You are the person that this franchise is trying to build around. You step up to the fucking plate. And you say this is on me always. I don't give a fuck if you're de- if you scored thirty two points and your defense let up thirty five. You take the accountability. I could have done more. This is your team. You don't go up there and you don't bash your team. You don't do that. He's not necessarily bashing them, but to sit there and say I I you know I didn't let the team down. Essentially, what he's saying. Do you feel like you let the team down? No. What? Like. You did. You clearly fucking did. You played like shit. You wear that shit on your chest as a quarterback. Zach Wilson doesn't seem like the type of guy who is going to bounce back from this and take this to heart. He seems like a why? Why is this me? Why are they doing this to me? You know, there's 11 guys on the field type bullshit. That's not like you can't be that way when you play the quarterback position. And I think that this is probably going to eat at him. And this could be the ultimate end of his career. And I I can't sit here and lie and say that I'm. You know, he needs a, he not probably enjoying needs a, it. I'm fucking loving it. I'm fucking loving it. Because the last three weeks, the Jets have been fucking – Jets fans have been stroking their fucking cocks in Bears Twitter saying fucking – Let's not act like Bears Twitter hasn't been doing that to, to Niners or Jets oh, fans or Jaguars. We have fucking reason else. to be. Our quarterback's playing better than the fucking Jets quarterback. We're going to be in their ass. You, I mean, I had to deal with fucking Chiefs Twitter – in my fucking ear for four years over the Mitch Trubisky thing. So, yeah. But they're, 
Yeah, I'm not saying so fucking right. I'm gonna give it right back to the fucking Jets. After the last few weeks, I've seen them in my fucking all on Twitter saying, Oh, he ain't playing that good. Look at the Jets, they're winning. Zach Wilson's winning. The motherfucker just got benched, bitch. Your second overall pick, you passed on Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. Three quarterbacks who are honestly probably gonna go on and have a better career than this fucking bum. So I can't say sit here and say that I'm not fucking enjoying it a little bit. I'm fucking loving it. Roasting Wilson right now so hard. Yeah, fuck that kid. I don't, I don't feel bad for his bitch ass right now. Honestly, if he like, I don't. If like he stuck, you don't you you step up to the fucking plate and you take accountability always. That is gross. Hundred percent. I don't care if you hang fucking fifty points on a team and you lose by fucking one point fifty one. You hang it. You fucking go in there and you say this one's on me. You fucking always wear it on your chest as the quarterback. That's what you do always. I mean, I'm going to disagree uh, with that comparison, but, <laughs> I like, mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you throw a late pick or something, like, yeah, but, I mean, if you're just, if you just throw five, five touchdowns, no picks, like, you get beat because your defense is giving up hella points. I feel like if you're saying that, you're just not you're just not a trustworthy guy. Like, like <laughs> I, mean, you I guys... have a problem if my quarterback is taking the blame for losing like fifty-one to fifty. No. Like, right. dude, guys, if, that, if my quarterback's saying. doing that, then then he's just bullshitting everyone to the media. Guys, lying. He is softer than a. You guys get what the fuck I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Saying. That's not... you get what I'm saying. Sean Payton. Is eyeing coaching jobs for 2023, reportedly linked to Chargers and Cardinals. First off, I want to start by saying Cardinals, very viable option. Cliff Kingsbury is a bum. He should be gone. Scrub. All of the hard knocks bullshit. It's hilarious. You know, he has a picture of a fucking lion and he goes, yeah, I'm a Leo. So it's kind of symbolism. Like, this shit cracked me the fuck up. Like, shut the fuck up, Cliff. No one cares. But he's definitely out. I think it's coming clear as day in uh, Arizona that he's going to be out. But are we sure that Brandon Staley's going to lose his job this offseason? Not for sure. But when a name such as Sean Payton comes to the table, uh, yeah, you know, Brandon Staley, you are very expendable, especially as a defensive-minded coach. You know, you just, when you have Justin Herbert, you bring in Sean Payton. You just do. That is a duo you want. Like this, you know, and I do, both these teams make so much sense for Sean Payton. And I like Sean Payton's thinking here as he's going to – he's choosing between two teams that already have, you know, their quarterbacks for the long term. Um, Herbert will get locked up. Kyler Murray's already locked up. You know, and, th- you know, those are two offenses that you definitely want to have Sean Payton have some fun with. You know, in Arizona, you have Tyler Murray. You have Zach Ertz with, you know, Trey McBride in the waiting. You have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Marquise Brown. You have Rondell Moore. You know, like, that's an offense you want Sean Payton to control. Then, you know, the Chargers, you have Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. Pretty solid offensive line when everyone's healthy. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, probably a first-round receiver that because they'll probably draft one. And then you got Gerald Everett, you know, like, you know, and the defense is already pretty much in place there in, with the Chargers. You know, I'm sure Payton will bring, like, a defense coordinator over, maybe even, like, a Dennis Allen if he's fired from New Orleans. Would not shock me if he brought him wherever he went. So, I mean, both these choices make so much sense for Sean Payton. I would love to see it. 
Um, you know, when someone like Sean Payton wants to play for your team, or I mean, coach your team, uh, that coach is pretty expen- expendable outside of like what Belichick, you know, <laughs> that's about it. You know, mm-hmm. all the other, there's guys or in like McVeigh probably too, but you know, like those are guys, you know, Sean Payton should really be everyone's top choice for most teams. Obviously, I have some personal issues with him from Bounty Gate, but just from like just from like a non-biased standpoint, he truly is a good, like offensive-minded coach. If you have a young quarterback and you want that team to develop going forward, Sean Payne is that guy. We saw what he did with a broken Drew Brees. You know, like Drew Brees coming from San Diego to New Orleans was not the quarterback that the Hall of Fame quarterback that he eventually is now. Um, you know, credit goes to Sean Payton there. And, you know, Sean Payton got a lot out of Teddy Bridgewater. He got a lot out of Jameis Winston. So just imagine what he could do with Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. It, it would be pretty exceptional. So I love both choices. Um, they make so much sense. I I agree. I just think this is going to have to be like a clear swap because you can't fire Brandon Staley unless you absolutely know you're getting Sean Payton. Like you have to know. You're oh, yeah. Him. I mean, the deal would already have to be in place before they, they let him go. But then does that come into, is that, you know, is that collusion there? Is that fucking, because he's still tied to the Saints. They would have to trade with the Saints. Brandon yeah. Stacey for Sean Payton? No, it'd probably be like a draft pick. It'd probably be like a second round pick. And then once you get, because it technically wouldn't be collusion because it would be a trade acquisition. So like a normal roster spot, you would have to let someone go. Under that scenario, Staley would get fired as part of that whole process. So I don't think it would be collusion. Because we see that in college football all the time when this stuff kind of happens when you're talking about bringing a new coach. So I, I don't think it's collusion unless you're literally, like, not keeping Staley in the loop kind of thing. It's something. Like, I, I don't think it's collusion. It's not like Miami Dolphins-esque when it, when they tried it last year. But, yeah, regardless. You know, go on, bro. I think – oh, I was just going to say, I think it's obvious that Kingsbury is out. But, yeah, with Staley – um, I don't think we know yet. You know, the Chargers are in a pretty decent spot uh, to to be a potential playoff team, you know, and there's still time to get hot. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're banged up right now and people still aren't getting healthy, especially at the wide receiver position, but there's still time for that to happen. And if they can stay in a good spot, um, you know, we'll see where Staley will be. We saw how close they were to the playoffs last year, and we saw a team like the Bengals who was just hot, and nobody really had them going to the Super Bowl, and with good quarterback play and, you know, just good team play overall, they went on a little run, you know. If if Staley wins one playoff game, I think his job's got to be safe, you know. And I even if they are a first-round bounce – I think it depends how it happens. Um, but if they don't, if they miss the playoffs, I can definitely see him being fired. And, uh, yeah, then then I think that'd be a situation where they'd be looking at Sean Payton. Arizona. And I would definitely want to choose the Chargers because you got Herbert and Slater. That's what I like there. Exactly. Um, I feel like just Arizona, you know, both of these spots, they're warm weather, big markets. Perfect for a guy who just had a long career as a head coach, wants to come out of retirement, kind of like how Bruce Arians did, you know, going on down to Tampa Bay, like staying in the warm weather, 
And this just seems like a perfect spot for him in Arizona or both LA. One team, you know, where I would love to see him because I just don't believe in their offensive. I don't believe in their head coach and they're so good. And that they did just go to a Super Bowl last year is the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, I don't really truly trust Zach Taylor. I think that the offense got hot. The defense got hot at the right time. Uh, Bengal fans have always been suspect of their his play calling. And I think, like, if you have an option to bring him in with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, that would be fucking unreal. Because I think that's another situation within a year or two. We could see Zach Taylor out in Cincinnati. And I know you go to a Super Bowl, it pretty much locks you up for two to three years. But if you want to speed this up a little bit, bring in Sean Payton, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't think the Cincinnati uh, philosophy is uh, very realistic at all. I mean, I think Zach Taylor's fine. You know, they go to the playoffs this year. You win another playoff game. Like, you know, the Bengals are very loyal to their coaches typically. Like Marvin Lewis. Was they, did the lead, they did keep Marvin Lewis on for you know, ever. Like 13 years, and he only won, like, one playoff game. Or, no, I don't even think he won. Yeah, he didn't even win one. So, like, I don't think Sean Payton – and I don't even think Sean Payton will come out of retirement to even coach a team in the Midwest. You know, or, yeah, like, like there's no way that he would leave, you know, broadcasting or, you know, he, he does a lot of, like, stuff in L.A. So, it's like the connection to the Chargers makes sense. And, you know, odds are, you know, I, I – even if Sean Payton doesn't go to, like, the Chargers, I still think Brandon Staley's fired if they miss the playoffs again. Just because it's been back-to-back seasons, absolute collapses. And it's like – the league runs on offensive-minded coaches. You need them, you know. When you, especially when you have a quarterback like Herbert, Kyler, you know, you do need offensive-minded coaches that fit their play styles and can get the best out of their players. So Sean Payton makes a lot more sense with Justin Herbert than he does with Kyler Murray. Like, I don't know Kyler Murray. I don't know who, which head coach would truly wants to coach Kyler Murray. I don't know. I don't know this for sure, but I I just feel like the view around the league is Kyler Murray is a little difficult to work with. And there's questions about his game long-term. Well, when it comes to Justin Herbert, like, he's he's the whole package. He's a top-five quarterback from a pure talent. Maybe even top three from a pure talent standpoint. Of He's just one hell, hell of a thrower of the football. And he does elevate players around him. So I do think if Sean Payton does decide to come out of retirement and he's going to coach a team, it's more than likely going to be the Chargers than it would the Cardinals. 100%. Finally, we're talking about Justin Fields, and unfortunately, it's not a good reason. Uh, seems to be an AC joint injury, partially torn ligaments in his left non-throwing shoulder. Uh, should Chicago sit Fields for the remainder of the season? Thomas, we'll start with you. No, not a chance. Um, he still has a lot more to prove. Um, obviously, he's a he's a superior athlete. He's one of the best. He is a superstar in the making, but he still has a lot of question marks specifically throwing the football. I need to see more if I'm the Bears. I need to see more out of him just from a throwing standpoint. And and you could use this – I'm not saying you use this injury to, like, evaluate him, but I feel like this is a good time to limit his running and his run designs. And I know he always likes to escape the pocket as quickly as possible, but I feel like this is the time you could kind of explore fields as a pocket passer where you have him drop back in the pocket, but you keep him in there for his own safety if you can. Obviously, just drop to the ground. But I, I just I feel like 
he has made a slight jump from where he was a year ago, but you still need to see more as a passer where he's throw get to the 200, 250 yards passing a game. I don't even know when the last time he did that was. Uh, Will, you would probably know more than I would. Wait, 200 or 250? In the how about in between there? We'll do 200 and then maybe when he got to 250. 200 against Minnesota this year. Okay. Like 210. And then uh, he hit the last time, I think he hit 250. Against the Steelers? Yeah, he hit like 330 against the Steelers. So that, we're talking twice in like two years where it's like, I, I understand. Know. I know the NFL is different when it comes to like when how we've seen it with Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is still throwing for 200 plus every game along with the running ability. So I don't like, I just need to see more from fields if I'm the Bears front office as just, I need to know if he could throw the football consistently, make these tight window throws. Everyone can make a few of those every game. You know, like we saw him throw the Mooney. Um, I'm not going to look too much into the wide open cold commit. I'm also looking at these tight window throws. And I need to see that a little more consistently out of him, knowing how great this quarterback class is. Zero percent chance the Bears will take one. But I still you still should keep an open mind. Like Fields is just such a hell of a runner of the football. He is amazing. He is probably the best dual threat quarterback we have seen since like Michael Vick from just a pure leg standpoint. Like he, he's not the thrower Michael Vick was. He was he, he's not even close. But his legs are just as dominant as Michael Vick or um, Lamar Jackson, like he, I remember Michael Vick against the Vikings. Um, I, I've seen the highlight where he ran that one in overtime. It's like I feel like I just saw Fields do that for that sixty-seven yard touchdown. Like that's the type of runner Fields is. But I'm not sold on him as a passer. I need to see it consistently. I love Fields. I think he's the real deal. But I still have just a little bit of question marks about that passing ability, and I need to see more because you do have weapons now. So you can't use the excuse there's no weapons. You have, you know, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Claypool, Mooney. You know, you have guys that you that not everyone has. You know, like like those are good enough weapons if you are a franchise quarterback. So that's all I need to see. Just a little bit more passing. You know, you, say he lights it up against the Jets and someone else, and you know, he's throwing for he's completing 20 out of 30 passes, 225 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. It's like, okay. Then at that point, I've seen I, I've seen enough, and you could sit him those final few games. But I feel like right now you need to play him at least the next few. Just evaluate him and really focus on keeping him in that pocket so you know what you have. Um, but overall, like this is not me bashing fields. I, I do believe in him. I love him as a talent. But just from a football standpoint, I need to see a little more as a passer. So last year he had three of his last four games when he played. He was inactive for five of the last seven. So his week – 9, 10, he came back for 13 and 14. He hit 225-plus in three out of those four games. The only game he didn't was against Baltimore where he left at halftime. And in all of those games, he, att- he attempted 29, 33, and 39. So I feel like his numbers, his volume is low because – or his numbers are low because his volume isn't, you know, really that high, like – I do believe that he can hit these numbers. I don't think there's a question mark to that. I think it's more of just we're gonna we when does the when you're when you're running the ball so well, you technically don't need to throw the ball thirty to forty times a game. You, I mean, just looking at it the way it has been, and I do think that they are calling a lot of pass plays. It's just 
One thing is the offensive line's not great. And two is the Bears are one of the worst teams in the NFL in yards of separation. And they truly don't have that route runner, I think. You know, Claypool, deep threat, Mooney can be rowdy, but more of a deep threat guy. They don't have that route runner. Like they don't have that quick slant guy that can get you six, seven yards. And that's why I feel like he's a bit he's a big game hunter. You see him taking all these deep shots down the field where the success rate is definitely a little bit more low because his two best weapons are deep threat guys. So I feel like we're just, you know, maybe like one more receiver away who can work that more short game, middle of the field, get open a lot quicker than you can see Mooney or Claypool do. And I just, you know, we're going to see the volume eventually rise. But my biggest knock on fields this year, I think he's shown plenty of flashes with his arm. Uh, You've seen him make, I mean, just some of the throws he makes wow you. And then there's still some where you're like, okay, you need to be, you know, quicker in your decision-making. And that just comes with his youth and his inexperience. And I think just another thing being in a new offense. But my biggest thing is, is that he is jumping early because I don't, I just think he doesn't trust his, what he doesn't trust his offensive line. And I don't blame him. His offensive line has been atrocious and taken a beating back there this year. And I mean, he got absolutely murdered against the Atlanta Falcons. That man took an ass whooping back there. So I don't, in some senses, I don't blame him for, you know, bailing sometimes a little bit early and then a route comes open. It's hard to trust your offensive line when you're getting your ass beat. So that's been my biggest knock on fields this year is sometimes he'll have a clean pocket and he'll see one little thing start to break and he'll just run because he trusts his legs more than he trusts his offensive line. And I don't blame him. He's a pure runner. He's an athlete. But when it comes to the injury, I don't think you need to. I, I mean, I was listening to Boomer Esiason on 670 to score this day. Bench. So you're saying bench. <laughs> This isn't a bench. This is if he's not healthy, don't play him. Okay, all right. Keep going. Boomer, you were listening to? Listen to Boomer Esiason. He said, I've had this exact same injury, the one that Fields listed off in his press conference. He goes, I've had this exact same injury. He goes, every time you throw the ball, there's discomfort. Even if it's your non-throwing shoulder, you feel it. Really, you feel it when you're throwing the ball. He goes, and every time you take a hit, it feels like a lightning bolt shot shoots up into your jaw. He goes, it's a, he said, it's a really painful injury to play through. He said, you can play on it and you can throw the ball well. It doesn't affect your injury, but you're going to feel discomfort the entire time. And it's like, what's the point? I mean, I get it. I do understand Thomas's point and is you want to see this could be a good learning example for him. But it's like, I really don't want to worsen his injury. His body's already taken a beating. We know that this offensive line isn't going to be good enough without him having to use his legs at some points. And it's going to be a lot more tougher for him to be. It's a, It's very tough for him to be a pocket passer in this offense. So I just see it as like, what's the point? He's shown you, he's shown you this season when the offense is called to him and his strengths. This is what his, you know, his floor is. We saw a really bad floor earlier this year from him. I mean, that was, but I really don't think, you know, Getsy and him were on the same page. And ever since we've kind of seen a change in the play calling, you know, built more around him, you you he's shown you how athletic and how strong he can be. And, I mean, if this is his floor, it's a solid floor to be at. Because I think, you know, I guess his arm could get worse, but his arm can, in my opinion, only go up and only get better. few tweaks, few mechanics, few more weapons. You know, I, I say you don't need to see as much as we're thinking we need to. I do agree. There, You know, there is still some question marks. I'm not doubting that by any means. But I think a lot of the question marks are just his youth and his lack of, 
security in the pocket and, you know, a true route running wide receiver uh, because the run game's there, the deep threats are there, the tight end is coming around. So I, I think that you should play it safe because this is a guy that you want to build your future around. And you know that Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham want a high pick. It's clear. So I, I, I mean, I think it's going to come down to, I think Ryan Poles or Ian Cunningham. We've seen Ian Cunningham play it real safe for a better pick in Philly just a few years ago. What are, season. So what are you saying that the, they should do with Justin Fields? If he's, if he's not healthy to go, like, and you think that there's a well, chance. He's not healthy. So, well, like, that's why you got to make the call. Sit him. I mean, I would love to yeah. watch. Him what play. is he not going to get healthy this whole season? No, come back. I think he'll come Isn't back. This type of because injury, here's the thing. Here's, worse, right? here's the bottom line. I'm not going to go too into this, but here's what it is. I mean, this is the de- this is the deal that the Bears are with. Um, if this is an injury that you can play through, um, then yeah. I mean, how bad? You know, like if that's the thing. If he can't play, he can't play. But also, this is missed opportunity for chemistry. You know, missed. If this guy can't play, how – I mean, that's that's an issue in itself. This is two years in a row where he's gotten hurt. Um, yeah, you can blame his old line, but um, I don't think – you know, he's, he's definitely back. still going to cha- – he's definitely still that type of player. So, it just – if if they shut him down, I think it's just missed opportunities. But I could see how you're taking care because he's unable to play. But if he's unable to play, I mean, that's just really sad from a standpoint when this guy hasn't even played a season full of games and has probably missed due to injury about the same as he's played. And that's that doesn't uh that doesn't feel good from a uh long term quarterback perspective, especially when you don't have things like Thomas was talking about, big consistent passing games. Um you did note of note some of the the ones early on. You know, and that, that's when his volume was high. That's right, right. But uh, my thing is, I need this. I want to see more. I, I think How we, do we know of- these last few games aren't just like a little bit of like a little lucky stretch here because we've seen a lot of bad fields last year, a lot of bad fields early on in the year. But now it looks like it has clicked the last few games. Which is why I feel like he should play because what if he, you know, what if this was just like one little lucky stretch? Then he comes back next year, you sit him the rest of the year, then he comes back a little slow, you know. Then like, what are people going to say? You know, what's your evaluation going to be? I like, mean, we feel seen like guys. you need to see him. And I, I've heard with this type of injury, it's like if you play, it can't get any worse than it already is. Like, yeah, you'll deal with discomfort, oh, but the actual can. injury cannot necessarily get fully yes, worse. It can. It's only a grade one. It's just, it's it's a grade one. It can go to a gate grade three. And Boomer Esiason said literally today, he goes, when I had the grade one, I didn't throw football for 12 days and I still didn't play. You know, it still took me two weeks to get full back for recovery. He goes, Boomer Esiason said, I shut him down for two weeks at least, but I think he comes back. And I, hell yeah, I think that he should come back. I think that there, you sh- for the remainder of the season, no, I don't think you shut him down. I think you shut him down for as many games until he feels 100%. I mean, we. Th- this is not right. What and either want. way, it's just, know it's that just bad news for Bear fans Hell because yeah, you you're missing out on this game time. You're missing out on opportunities of making get making big plays in the game and growing and 
Meanwhile, your quarterback's recovering from injury, but it's just the second time he's hurt. You know, it's it's the next time. Change up the play good. style if you want to last long term. But yeah, yeah that I comes mean, with it. I mean, that's, well, we'll see. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to happen. You know, Justin Fields, a lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time. Where should Odell Beckham Jr. sign? Cowboys, Giants, or somewhere else? I'll start. I think the simple answer is the Cowboys. Uh, their defense is good. Um, and you know that they're they're lacking elsewhere other than C.D. Lamb. I think it's going to give you the best chance. Uh, I don't think the Giants are a true contender this year. I get it. You have, you know, history there and all that. But I think the Cowboys is a great is a great signing place for you. Um, just because the defense is there, you know, you're going to get a lot of targets. You could probably get more in New York. Yes, but you have a better chance of winning in Dallas. And that's clearly what Odell Beckham Jr. wants towards the end of his career. Yeah, yeah I got to go. go on, I got to I got to go with um, the two that we listed, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys. Both of those are great destinations and I can see reasons to go to both. You know, the Giants, I've seen Giants fans asking for Odell to come back. You know, uh, they want him back and they welcome him with open arms and it'd be a great story, you know, if the Giants um, start winning some games again. You know, they had a pretty bad loss against Detroit last week. But, yeah, reuniting Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley. You got uh, Dabble at the helm, you know, Daniel Jones. Um, who's the – who's the – oh, Mike Kafka. Yeah, Mike Kafka. Colin Plays, who's been amazing. Um, so, you know, that, that'd be a, what's that? I said, Kafka's going to get some head coach interviews. Oh, I believe. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. He's, and that just shows you, um, on top of like something like Jeff Saturday, you know, these former players, especially at the quarterback position and just guys that, um, are just really intelligent across the league. Like, you know, I'm sure safeties or, quarterbacks, some linemen, you know, there, there's just high and high IQ positions, really every position's high IQ, but, you know, just being good minds on the opposite side for these teams. But um, yeah. And then to go with the Cowboys um, for all the reasons that you said, Will, the Cowboys have an amazing defense. Uh, he'd be a great pair with CD lamb and it'd be, it'd be, you know, a little revenge factor, I feel like, because as as a Giants fan, you know, you definitely don't have any love for the Cowboys. Oh, vice versa. Yeah, you know, and I think if it had to go down between these two teams, you know, obviously the Cowboys would make, you know, just like the most sense. You know, I still think the Minnesota Vikings still make the most sense and have the most logical connections. They're an eight and two team. You were you played under Kevin O'Connell last year with the Rams. You have an extremely close relationship with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is you know he's beyond his prime where he's probably the Thielen replacement next year and he's steps in as your number two option. So I'm not gonna like to me as personally I feel like the Vikings would make the best fit most logical sense. But you know it does take two to tango and the Vikings for all I know could not even have contacted him or don't have the money to sign him. So I think I so I still feel like the Vikings would be the best fit, 
but if uh, but like for teams that do have money, you know, teams at this current moment of that's been reported, Dallas makes a lot more sense over the Giants. But I still feel like his best fits with the Vikings. But if he wants to, you know, just go money bag chasing, um, he'll probably go to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones will he'll find money. You know, Jerry Jones is gonna find money. That's what he does. I don't think you know Odell signing with the Cowboys necessarily changes anything. Like I don't think it makes Dallas the favorite or anything like that. Like it's just like a nice solid piece. You know, oh, yeah. he's kind of like if Amari Cooper. He's to me, he is as a little slight less version of Amari Cooper if Amari Cooper was still there. And we saw that when they had CD Lamb and Amari Cooper together, they were still a first round exit. So I don't think Odell is the type of player, even if he goes to the Vikings or anyone else. I just don't feel like he's that player anymore that takes your team over the top. So it doesn't really matter where he signs, but if you if I'm choosing between the Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys makes more sense because they are better fit probably for him than the Giants because Giants pick. you have Daniel Jones. You know, it's like you don't want to play with Daniel Jones. But Cowboys make sense because, you know, he's not the focal point. He'll be able to get open. Teams can't double-team CD Lamb. You got to deal with Zeke, Pollard, those guys. So I'm going to say he's probably going to sign with the, with the Cowboys, but his best fit is still, I think, the Vikings. It's just I don't know if the Vikings are interested. I, well, I, the, the Vikings weren't on his list when he dropped his list of teams that he wanted to go to. The Vikings weren't on his list, which I was surprised by because I thought, you know, with Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson. They'd be on his list. Yeah, I mean, typically when a player's name their list, their agent kind of talks with a lot of these teams. So I'm guessing just the Vikings feel really comfortable with Thielen, Osborne, and Jefferson. You know, when those lit, I've noticed. Don't forget Hawk. Oh, Hawkinson is a baller outside. I mean, not last game, dropped a touchdown, but yeah, Hawkinson is their number two receiver currently right now. Like he really is. But, oh, you know, yeah, I mean. He also Odell also likes big markets. Let me look at the two teams that are listed: Dallas, big market; New York, big market. You know, so that's another reason why he's not. There could be some other teams that he could fit, but it's like at the end of the day, Odell strikes me as a guy who's money hungry and wants to join a contender and also wants to join a big market. And Dallas checks all those boxes. Yeah, I mean, at this point in your career, I can't blame him. He's already got the ring from last season. He, you know. He's obviously, you know, at the point where he just wants to contend and play, you know, meaningful football and try and get another ring, but also at the same time get his money's worth. And I can't blame him for that. He's had a great career. Uh, obviously, things went wrong in Cleveland, and then he went off and got a ring. I'm happy for him. Uh, but, yeah, I, like I said, I can't I can't knock him for that. I don't, I don't blame him in any way whatsoever for chasing that bag. You already got a ring on the finger. Just all you got left to do is make money in this – in this game, that's all that's left when you come with guys like that. Same with players like Nadamakin Sue. He's already got his ring. Whoever's tossing the fattest check, go get him. And the Eagles did. He just wants to play meaningful football and make a lot of money. Can't blame him. Power rankings. Let's go. I'm ready. I got I got him. I'm ready to fire him off, man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Let's start with the AFC. I got the Chiefs at number one. Same. No moving for me, yeah, no, Chiefs, for sure. Time three. Love to hear it. I got the Bills at two. I have a new team. <laughs> it's, the Let's hear it. it's the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I feel like they are legit. They are the they are the most. Bro, wait, what, team. dude? They weren't on your list last week, and they jumped to two. Two. I, had the, I believe I had. Them at five. I had them at five. 
I'm pretty sure I had him at five. I had oh, him on bro, you fucking took the Jets. I took the Titans last week. You know what? And I can admit when I'm wrong. I am extreme. I am more sold on the Titans right now as of this current moment. On Wednesday at 5.16 p.m., I am more sold on the Titans as of this current moment than I am on the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. I think the Titans are very, very well run right now. And I was really impressed with um, just their ass kicking against Green Bay. Right. Like they... fucking boy here. The Titans at two, Brett. <laughs> I have the Titans. I'm sorry. I fe- you know I... what? This just... Are they not seven and it's three? Fine. Just like it's the fine. Bills and Dolphins? Do they it's not fine. have the same record as them? Dude, their football is not sustainable. We've I don't care. I am evaluating them up to this point, and I feel like the Bills have not lived up to that standard to this point in the season. You know, the Bills are – they're in that top four, but I don't think they're at the top right now. I that means he doesn't I'm even have the Bills them. at four. He has the Bills at four. Holy shit. Brett. Sorry, I got to evaluate of where you are right now. Brett, who's your two? Two is the Bills still for me. I mean, Josh Allen's just going to be feeling better if he's still hurt. I think he was removed off the injury report. Um, Vikings game. And, yeah, I mean, it's the Buffalo Bills. I think they're not playing their best football right now, but, you know, it's not time for the playoffs. I still think they're a great great team and they're still capable of beating everybody you know and that's still not at their best uh they i definitely got them at number two that's not at, yeah they beat the chiefs earlier this year and can't and ooh, was that in buffalo they also or... lost to the jets and zach wilson for as much yeah time. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Whoa, no 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 they lost to the jets yeah and zach wilson your boy i mean he's a dog right i'm just hey i'm just saying you for as bad as zach wilson you know you can't ignore that a team like buffalo lost the Jets. I mean, so the Jets have beaten some teams, though. I mean, no, no, the Bills was the Jets' big time win. That was a huge win. Packers, you know, at the time it seemed good, but let me let me ask you this: Would you rather lose to the Jets or get blown out by the Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) I think I would rather lose to the Jets in a close game. In the close game, I would rather lose. To the Cowboys in an ass whooping. Losing to the Jets is bad, man. You know they've been so dysfunctional. Like if what you, are you talking lose, about, you know what? You, you know just, what's funny? Were you this just praising a, them a, for winning? Oh, that was a setup question right there because the Vikings yeah. they might lose to the Jets and the Cowboys um, by thirty-seven. Dude, so this with Mike White, nice. I, I don't believe the Vikings are not going to lose to the Jets. The Vikings are going to get on a run. Don't you worry. All right. Okay. Wow. Uh, so you think that come playoff time, the Titans will beat the Bills? I'm valuing the team up to this point as we head into what week 12? Yes, yeah, I'm evaluating them up to this point of how they have performed up to week 12. I'm not looking at what happens in the playoffs, the power rankings are based on what they're doing up to this point. That's the only thing I could evaluate. I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, I can guess, but what I do know is what I've seen from them up to this point. I can evaluate them from weeks one to week twelve. I can't evaluate what they're going to do in the playoffs, but I can well, evaluate I mean, what, what they you, can do here. Do you take into account like their? Are you evaluating their whole season, or are you ranking the yes, team the whole right the now? Whole, the whole schedule of how they perform from week one to week twelve and where they're at in the standings. Well, then I don't understand I how you that. go from not on the board to two. I mean, I understand that if I you was, have my philosophy. I was in truthfully, it. it was close between them and the Ravens. 
and the no, hottest teams the Jets that were have very a chance close are there. No, the Titans and Jets were a little close because I felt like the Jets had a little more like wins. Like 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 they had more statement wins. Even though Green Bay is not playing well right now, I was just so impressed with Ryan Tannehill and that entire offense as a whole in Lambeau Field. I was against that defense. Thomas so, is impressed yeah. by Ryan Tannehill. You heard the words. Yes, yes, I was. I was. Brett, too. Hey, I was too. Saying, Brett no, knows that saying, I have ripped Tannehill. For you hate years. Tannehill. I was just going to say that's yeah, what I we, hate I'm calling Tannehill. It but when you add Traylon Burks into that offense right now, they have a little bit of a deep threat. He looked really good against Green Bay. He made Jair Alexander look like a little child. So I was very just impressed on, as the team as a whole. And Austin Hooper's still very solid. Where do I do I think they're going to win a shootout against Kansas City, say in the AFC championship game? Probably not, but I have but I can't look at the playoffs of what could. I can't play the coulda, woulda, shoulda. What I what I can do is evaluate them from weeks one to week twelve, and they are a Okay, all right. Hey, look, I understand. I've got them at three two. But I think the point of this power rankings is to try to have it consistent for as many weeks as you can possible. And I had him in there before. Ages, man. I don't think two is pretty crazy. You know, I moved him up a couple rankings. I got him at three. And that's, you know, when these teams keep winning, I, I can see that being locked in as the top three there for me. I got the Titans at three. All right. You don't have to sell me on it. But to say he made Jair look like a child, Let's slow down. I mean, it was a 50-yard <laughs> catch on – they're throwing the ball when when it felt like a slap in the face when they throw it. You know, the game's over, you're up two scores, and you you throw the ball. You know, yeah, I guess that was it eliminates sure. them from getting, one, yeah, the ball anymore. But, I mean, come on, let's let's not act like yeah, two bombs. Jair or two. any a... of the defense even knew that a pass like that was coming. I mean, and you erase that. Burks had 60 yards. He had good catches, you know, good. but not all of it was against Jair. So pump your brakes. I mean, he's 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 one of the best. Pump the fucking brakes, as he says, sitting in the car. Yeah, driver seat. We gotta fire him up, dude. You know what day it is. <laughs> all right, I got the Dolphins at three. I also have the Dolphins at three. They're they're a division leader right now. Two is in the MVP conversation. I think Mike McDaniel has done one hell of a job there. You know, they're just, to me, they're just playing, they've been playing so much more consistent than the Bills lately. So, like, I understand how people have the Bills at two, but to me, they don't look like a top two team in the AFC right now. I think the Dolphins look better right now. So, I do need to have the Dolphins. They just look more complete. All right. Okay. Me and Thomas got the Dolphins at three. Brett's got the Titans. I've got the Baltimore Ravens at four. I know they played a bad game. Uh, I still like them in the long run. Yeah, uh, I have the Bills at four. Um, obviously, didn't think I'd tell you. If, I, if you told me week one, at some point, I'd have the Bills as the fourth best team in the AFC. Um, I would have called you crazy, but unfortunately, that's just how they're playing right now. They've been shooting themselves in the foot in some of these games. They're dropping games they shouldn't. I think Sean McDermott has been outcoached way too much lately, way too much, especially by coaches he shouldn't be getting outcoached by. I think Josh Allen's been a turnover machine. He's been holding that offense back a tad. So I don't know. I mean, I have to just put the Bills at four. I hate it, but uh, when I look at my 
things I, I got to check off, you know, when I'm evaluating all these teams, you know, the bills don't check enough boxes for me up to this point. So yeah, I have to keep the bills at four. I don't like it, but I have to, I have to have them at four. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. But the dolphins are at four for me. You hate that the dolphins are at four. Or you hate that he's got the bills. At four? No, I think that's a ridiculous take. And I expect, you know, because like I said, I guess I don't know if he does, does the power rankings different than me, but, but I feel like the sooner we predict the the final, you know, the final outcome, um, the sooner we have, if we ever get it lined up, the sooner we had did that, the better the power rankings were, you know, like if San Fran goes to the Super Bowl and they beat or, you know, for obviously that was an NFC spoiler, but for here, if we're talking the chiefs go to the Super Bowl and they beat the bills in the AFC championship and the Titans were in the divisional game, you know, that's how I'm kind of basing my power rankings off of just how dominant the teams are and how far I can see them going, you know, fairs, big fairs. All right. All right. All right. I got the Tennessee Titans at five. I went back and forth between them and the chargers. Um, I play a little. I play a little bit into both, Brett. I do look into the postseason, uh, but at the same, but I look. I look a little bit more at the back end of that. Uh, I also look a little bit about who's hot on the front end. I, I try and play it postseason a little bit more. Like I think the Chiefs and the Bills are probably going to be facing off in the AFC Championship game, but on the back end, I kind of ride with the hot hand, and the Titans are hot. Uh, Chargers has played a great game against the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, but um. Titans are rolling, man. Titans are rolling, and they're my five team right now. Uh, that they, I, I can't see them lasting long on this list, to be honest with you. But uh, they're my five. Yeah, I have uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I only have them here because of the record. I'm not sold on them long term. You know, I feel like Lamar has not lived up to expectations this year. I felt like he's been playing pretty average. Um, I know he hasn't had Rashad Bateman. Andrew's been a little banged up. You know, losing Marquise Brown when he was there last year is not easy to overcome a player like that. But I mean, I, I mean, the Ravens have to feel like have just really benefited from an easy schedule. Um, you know, they just beat like what the Saints on Monday Night Football, and they had like Andy Dalton, no Michael Thomas. You know, it's like really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just not sold on the Ravens. Like, I think they'll be a first round exit. You know, they'll probably host a playoff game and they'll probably lose because Lamar doesn't play well in the postseason. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they're 7-3, and three, so they have to at least be on my list. But, I mean, I'm not necessarily sold on them, but, I mean, up to this point, they are 7-3. and three. They have won games when, they're, when they've are when they needed to. Um, so, up to this point, you know, I feel like the Ravens are definitely a top-five team in their own conference, and they're a division leader, so I have to have them in here. Um, but all four teams ahead of them, I feel like, would smoke them for sure. Brett, who's your five? I've got the Bengals at five. Um, just had a pretty good win against the Steelers with the performance of Joe Burrow, and they're going to get their top player back in Jamar Chase here. And um, I expect them to, you know, get hot when the time's right. They're in a pretty good spot right now as long as they keep winning games. And Bengals are five. All right. Love to hear it. Moving on to the NFC. Nothing has changed for me all year long. Uh, I still got the Philadelphia Eagles at number one. Same. San Francisco. 
little bit of a jump from Thomas from two to one. Yeah. Um, it, though. You know, the, the Eagles are still very uh, – they're still a little skeptical in my eyes. You know, I, I'm a little skeptical of them. But, you know, they probably should have lost to the Colts. But the Colts, of course, coached by Jeff Satter, who's not qualified in the first place, you know, didn't know how to manage the game. And, you know, Jalen Hurts did lead a game-winning drive. So, I mean, I got to keep them there just because they're 9-1, and one, I believe, 9-1. and one. So it's like, you know, how 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 are you not the number one team and you're nine and one right now? As much as I don't necessarily believe in them, but I, I they have to stay there for me. And you got the Niners, Brett? Yeah. Number two, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh I think that this win on the road after I told you an emotional loss in Green Bay was a lot. Uh their defense went full frontal on an offense I've been clicking all year. And uh they're and then you know speaking of their offense it was very it was really clicking very well uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Um I expected the Cowboys to win just because they were coming off an emotional loss on the road. Vikings were coming off a very emotional win that tends to be play into a trap game in my eyes uh which it was but I just think you know 40 to 3 is inexcusable in any way whatsoever it's an ugly loss. You know, you can mark it up however you want it. A loss is a loss, no matter how you do it. But 40 to three is a different type of loss. That's a big one that sits with you. So I think that this upcoming games for the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a big tell, uh, depending on how they feel about this loss. Um, They can either bounce back from it or they can let it affect them over the next few games. Yeah. I also have the Dallas Cowboys at number two, Um, uh, you know, only because they beat the Vikings. That's simply the only reason I put them ahead of the Vikings here. Um, I still think if they met in the playoffs, you know, the Vikings could come out on the other end. Uh, I don't know what it is. The Vikings have just really struggled against Dallas at home. Um, over the last few years, they lost to Andy Dalton at home against Dallas. They lost to Cooper Rush at home against Dallas. And now they've lost to Dak Prescott. So, I mean, the Cowboys are still a very good team. They're 7-3. and three. Um, They have one let – like, they're just, like – the Vikings are eight and two. They they are they have a better record than them right now. But I give the tiebreaker to Dallas just because you know Dallas beat them and you know they really punched them in the mouth. You know this is the first time Minnesota's faced any truly any type of adversity this year. So I mean the Cowboys have looked very complete and I can't take that away from them. And I won't be shocked if they even won that division because they're creeping on the Philly right now. Yes, they are. Brett, who's your two? Philly, Philly, hundred percent. I got the Minnesota Vikings at three. Um, I went back and forth on them uh, with the 49ers when it comes playoff time. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who I'm a rock with. I think I could – I definitely could see the Niners upsetting them if they played in the postseason. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much almost flipped the fucking coin between this three and the four spot. Uh, but I went with the Vikings. Um I think that they're going to bounce back off this loss. I think that they still have, you know, that new head coach players buying into the new system, uh, changing the culture. I think that they're going to bounce back well from this loss. So I'm rocking with the Vikings at three. Yeah, I'm also going to rock with the Vikings, you know, just because you lose that game. I know it was really bad, but I, it's not like I don't think they should completely fall in the rankings. You still can't ignore an eight and two record. To me, I always thought they were going to lose to Buffalo and beat Dallas. So, like, whatever between these two two games were, whatever happened, it didn't really change anything for me. 
But it's like, you know, I feel like they could beat the Patriots. They could beat the Jets. They could beat the Lions and they could beat the Colts. That brings you 12 and 2. You know, you're right back to where you probably were, you know, a top two team. I still think you are. So, you know, just take care of the Patriots. You know, you don't have to win. Like, you don't have to blow them out. But, you know, just pick up a victory and just take it one game at a time. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm very, very, like, every team in the NFC, I feel like you could have an argument for them being the number one team outside of maybe the Bucks. You know, there's probably not an argument for them right now. Between the Niners, Vikings, Cowboys, Eagles, any of those teams could be in any order here. Um, so yeah, but, you know, I still think the Vikings, you know, I still trust that offense. They just had a very, very rough day. Everyone has them. Now you just got to see how they bounce back. You know, they lose to the Patriots and then we got some issues. Um, you know, then you fall probably down like all the way to four or five, you know, like, like you, you, you don't lose to the Patriots, um, in Mac Jones. You, you just don't after this type of loss. So I'm keeping Vikings at three for now. Brett, who's your three? I've got the Dallas Cowboys at three. Um, you know, they beat a really good team in the Vikings very badly. I don't think anyone was expecting that. And it shows what the Cowboys are capable of. Um, I think, yeah, they're just getting the run game going. And, you know, just a lot of a lot of things that you guys talked about uh, where you guys have them ranked higher because you're disrespecting the 49ers so much. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, Cowboys at three. Yeah, <clears throat> I have the Niners at four. And, Same. you know, I'm not disrespecting the Niners, but it's like you're six and four where it's like I, I can't put you ahead of teams like the Cowboys, the Vikings, or the Eagles. When those teams got like two or three games ahead of you, you know, where I just I, I can't do that yet. And you lost to the Chicago Bears, and, you know, that's a loss that is not easy to overcome. I don't care weather conditions or not. You also lost to the Atlanta Falcons. That's like, a- at, least when it, at least when it comes to the Vikings, like, they lost to the Cowboys, and they lost to the Eagles. Those are two powerhouses in the NFC. The you, Eagles, can't, you cannot you know? talk about the week one game with a different quarterback. It's, I mean, the, okay, fine. Then and the, and the, the best, game. I mean, that's, the the, that's what it is. Like, lost to the Falcons. like, you can sit here and talk about those games, but this is a totally different Niner team. Regardless okay. of Jimmy G, you lost we're to the Broncos, about though. adding, adding lost to the Broncos. literally Elijah. Yeah, but you I'm lost talking to the Broncos about you lost Elijah to the Mitchell you and Christian. Right what? You lost to the Broncos and you lost to the Falcons. You do, and you are six and four. That should and they not didn't make have you, Christian McCaffrey or Elijah it. Mitchell. McCaffrey helps out a little bit, but it's McCaffrey not like, is the best nice, player on their but team. Let's not let's not act like Kyle McCaffrey Shanahan is had a great top weapons. asset in the league, man. Come on, he is great. I'm not saying he's not, but let's not act like the Niners didn't have a run game already. Elijah Mitchell was a stud for them last year. He was a stud before he You're got You're just it. telling me all the reasons why they're the best team. They have so they're much. They're not the best team, though. They're not. But I I, I, I mean, it's okay. I'm, I'm not too mad at you because, because, look, the best team will do their work. I mean, I'm just each week. I'm gonna, in the playoffs, I'm gonna, I can't wait to starts. just watch these power rankings climb. I'm telling you, you're going to have them up there. I can only evaluate them of what they've done to this point. All right, Brett, who's your four? Please say the Bucks. Oh, you know, he he he's, he's really changing about up right it. now. I was really thinking about it, but I've got the Vikings here at four. Um, it's as bad as the loss was, and as much as I think that the Cowboys would beat them again, you know, whether it's that bad, 
Um, yeah, the Vikings, I can't just forget how good they have looked against other teams. You know, they, they obviously that Bills game was crazy, but they've, they've got some things clicking there. And especially with the move of Hawkinson, I think that just opens things up for Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. And I, I think they have obviously some time before they reach their peak with all of them guys. So, um, I've got them at four right now. Uh, I, I do have that four and five spot right now, the closest with you already, you know, spoiled it right there. I got the bucks at five, but the bucks need to prove me a little bit more to, uh, be ahead of the Vikings. I got Bucks at five as well, but I, I do think I, I I'll, I'll tell you guys this. I wouldn't like everyone could be all in the Niners if if it comes to the playoffs if they get hot, thinking that the Niners could really shock people and you know go to the Super Bowl. But let's just not forget the Bucks. Like they do have Tom Brady, and they're getting healthier by the week. Oh, so, I'm I mean, not forgetting. Them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks could honestly go all the way to the Super Bowl, and hell, I think they could win it. Like right, I would guys. not be surprised. I would not be surprised whatsoever. Because no one is even talking about Brady anymore. No one talks about him. And this is when he typically does his work, you know, when everyone doubts him. So, I mean, I got Bucks at five, but, you know, when it comes to playoff time, if I'm evaluating these teams off what I think they'll do in the playoffs, so I might move the Bucks all the way to two. You know, like that's just how much I believe in Brady. All right. We got two minutes. Let's go through these games real quick, get our predictions out there. I got the Bills over the Lions. Bills. I got the Cowboys over the Giants. Cowboys. Give me the boys. I got the Vikings over the Patriots. Yeah, I got Vikings. I know it's primetime Kirk, but. Patriots. <laughs> I got Dolphins over the Texans. Yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins. I got Bengals over the Titans. Titans. I'm going to roll with the Bengals on this game. I think I think we could see an upset. Super Bowl 50. Especially if Jamar Chase comes back. Super Bowl 50 rematch. I got the Broncos over the Panthers. Yeah, I got Broncos. Give me the Broncos. I got Jets over the Bears. No, I got Bears. Bears are playing a backup quarterback. I'm going Bears. I got Commanders over the Falcons. Who's home? Commanders. Yeah, I'm going Commanders. I'll take the Commanders. I got Bucks over the Browns. Yeah. Give me the Bucks. I got Ravens over the Jaguars. Ravens. Yeah. Yep, going Ravens. I got Seahawks over Vegas. Roll with them yes, Hawks. sir. I got Chargers over the Cardinals. Give me that, too. Yeah, Chargers. I got 49ers over the Saints. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Niners. Yes. I got Chiefs over the Rams. Yeah, Stafford's out. Yeah. Eagles over the Packers. Give me Green Bay. Who's home? Philly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And give me the Steelers over the Colts. I want the Steelers. Is it in Indy? Yes. Give me the Colts. All right. You guys heard it here first. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. That's going to wrap things up from the Piewood Perspective. We will see you guys next week.